Sometimes, when the moment is right and the sparks fly, dating can be magic. But even the most romantic connection can get a little awkward. And the dog's kind of watching us at this point, and so it started to lick my ear. True Dating Stories is the new CBC podcast that explores the messy corners of romance. Real-life tales told by the people who live them. I'm tied up on this dude's bed, and there's nobody around to help. True Dating Stories is available from CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, Ali Hassan here. I've got a special bonus episode for you today from another CBC podcast that we think you'll really like. Every day, Commotion with Elamine Abdul Mahmoud brings you the most urgent, joyful, captivating discussions in all of arts, pop culture, and entertainment. In this episode, Elamine and I had planned to sit down and discuss the case of Hassan Minhaj and how much the truth matters when it comes to stand-up comedy. We were joined fortuitously, serendipitously, by Roy Wood Jr., former correspondent on The Daily Show. And together, we break down Hassan Minhaj's efforts to justify his approach to comedy, following a profile in The New Yorker detailing instances where he stretched the truth in his stand-up routines. Here's the episode. Have a listen. Okay, so Hassan Minhaj was said to be the contender to take over The Daily Show. Then this New Yorker article undermined his credibility and argued he made up some stories. A few days ago, Hassan responded with a video defending himself. Today on the podcast, some veteran comics will tell you if Hassan crossed the line. I'm Alameen Abdul Mahmoud. This is Commotion. Okay, first, let me set this up. I want to be precise about the story because that is important. The background is this. In September, The New Yorker published this giant expose that was basically framed as the comedian Hassan Minhaj tells us all these harrowing experiences in his stand-up, but does it really matter that most of them didn't happen? And the piece interviews Hassan himself, but on balance, if you read that piece, that New Yorker piece, you're left, I think, with the impression that Hassan made up some of the scary stuff in order to tell, quote, emotional truths about racism in America. Now Hassan Hassan Minhaj just put out his own rebuttal to the New Yorker piece. And here's a clue as to why he might have done that. Before the piece, Variety had reported that Hassan was the leading candidate to replace Trevor Noah at The Daily Show. After that piece, well, who knows? Who knows if that is still the case? This whole thing is really messy. Roy Wood Jr. is here. He's a former Daily Show correspondent and comedian who is currently touring Canada. Ali Hassan is here. Ali is a comedian, an author, and the host of CBC's Laugh Out Loud. Roy Wood Jr., Ali, welcome to the show. Thanks, Alameen. It is a pleasure to be here as a part of your Canadian media Thanks, program. I Greetings it. from the states. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> listen, uh, let's let's listen. Maybe let's set the stage by listening to Hassan Minhaj in his own words. This is from the video. Roll it. To anyone who felt betrayed or hurt by my stand-up, I am sorry. I made artistic choices to express myself and drive home larger issues affecting me and my community, and I feel horrible that I let people down. And the reason I feel horrible. It's because I'm not a psycho. But this New Yorker article definitely makes me look like one. It was so needlessly misleading. Not just about my stand-up, but also me as a person. The truth is, 
racism, FBI surveillance, and threats to my family happened. And I said this on the record. There was so much evidence I gave the New Yorker that they ignored that I want to show you. So buckle up because it's about to get tedious. Hassan defends the fact that he fictionalized parts of his stand-up anecdotes as a way to emphasize truths about racism and the threats that he experienced. Uh, Roy, I'll start with you. What was your reaction when you first heard his rebuttal? When I first heard the rebuttal, I was like, oh, okay, well, that adds a little more perspective to everything, mm. like in terms of why he did what he did. It didn't change that he did it. He never tried to change that part of it. But I think what he was ultimately trying to do was add a greater degree of context mm. to the things that the New Yorker you know, said about him in terms of, oh, well, the woman who who you told the lie about, about the racism and but her family, like the prom, the prom story. Night. Yeah, the yeah. prom night story. Okay, well, here's proof that she and I had been in contact for yeah. a year or two or years after that and had been buddy-buddy. And she acknowledged the, that, like, her parents had come a long correct, way. Correct, yeah. correct. So, you know, that part of it I thought was interesting. You know, most of my context for all of this, just for the record, is rooted more in The Daily Show sure. and, you know, him hosting or not, you know, as a lot of that also played a role in my leaving the show, yeah. if I'm going to be honest. So for me, I was like, oh, okay, well, good for him if he's got receipts. And you like he had audio from his conversation with the reporter and was playing all of that back. Did she sort of give that as the reason of, like, my parents aren't comfortable with yes. going? To, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it was it just yeah. destroyed me. Yeah. Sure. That's understandable. The reporter said it's understandable, but none of what I explicitly said makes it in the article. Um. But I didn't think any of this would be enough to get him back in the mix to host The Daily Show. Yeah. You know, and The New Yorker came yeah. out after his video, you know, and they said that they stand beside everything that they said in That's the article. Right. Yeah. So, uh, Ali, what Can about you? Can I just you? ask Roy? Yeah, I just want to ask Roy, what, what what do you mean by that, Roy, that it had a role in you stepping away from The Daily Show? Well, because if the rumor was that if Hassan was the guy, and that was that the he same. becomes the host of the Daily Show. Yeah, that was the right. rumor internally up yeah. until the New Yorker article. That's right. Everybody was right. like, "All right, Hassan's going to be the guy." So for me, if we're going to be honest about how I saw my career playing out, if Hassan's the guy, yeah, then the question becomes, "All right, what is his version of the show going to look like, and do I fit into that creatively?" Sure, that's my man. Mm -hmm. And so you know, we've always had a good good rapport during his time when he was on the show before he left to go to Netflix. All right, do I stay a couple months? Like, I'm just walking through what my thinking is. Do I sure. stay? How does a the story change? How, you know, your well, just before the New Yorker oh, article, the, okay. just before the New Yorker article comes out, my thoughts is, well, they're saying it's him. They ain't called me. Yeah. So maybe it is him. Yeah. I don't know. But if it is him, then, all right, do I roll with him for a couple yeah. months? Do I dip in January? Do I stay through the fall and then dip in January? Sure. You know, what, what, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Then when it's clear that it's not going to be him, be, like the, the New Yorker article comes out and the question is, is he still going to be? Then there were leaked articles like Variety and The Hollywood Reporter where they said internally Viacom had decided to reopen the search right. to a host. So suddenly it's not Hassan anymore. And that's where the difference came for me. Yeah. Because now if it's not Hassan, well, who is it going to be? Right. And then trying to get that understanding from the network, yeah. I didn't feel like I got any answers that said anything that was clear yeah. that where I could hitch my wagon and start making decisions. So if I'm not sure what you're going to do, I need to, I need to bomb first. Yeah. So 
I need to make a move and start thinking about what's next for me. And I cannot do that while doing the job of correspondent because I respect the job too much to half-ass it. What I hear in that is like, this is really high stakes, right? It's like, it's really high stakes for the show. It's really high stakes for, for Hassan's career that this article comes out the way that it did, which why it makes sense to me, Ali, that he would end up responding with this 20-minute video. A 20-minute video that yeah. I should add is like him seated at a, at an anchor desk. Like it's sort of a familiar site, like, sort of a space of authority. When you saw his rebuttal video, what did you make of it? Uh, it took me a few tries. You know, I um, at first it felt like a, a dude sort of standing outside a girl's window apologizing to her. Like, no, you don't understand. I... <laughs> That girl, I'm not really into that girl the way you think I'm into that. It felt that it had that vibe. And I was like, okay, Getting I'm in the wrong space. Getting two comedians in a room, man. Oh Which my is exactly God. what a dude who's into that girl <laughs> would do. I get what would you're saying. Would say. That's, that's yeah, the yeah, thing, yeah. right? You're like, man, you sound guilty as hell. But anyway, then I watched it and I gave it. Let me tell you, this is one of the most loaded things that's happened in my young life. Okay? I'm not that young. Roy, you haven't seen my face. But um, this is like loaded because, number one, at first, and, and these things keep changing. They're so dynamic. When I first read the New York article, the New York, uh, the New Yorker article, I was like, is this a hit piece? Mm. Is this because Hassan had these um, you know, allegations of treating women specifically on his staff as um, you know, it, it, insignificant at best and 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 having a toxic work workplace at, at worst. Mm. And there were no repercussions. Part of me was like, is this a hit piece because of that? And then as I uh, sort of got into the piece a little bit and did a little bit more research, I was like, oh, man, maybe this is not so much about a hit piece. This is really about Hassan's material. And I, I've interviewed Hassan. I've sat in, in the chair you're in right now, Elamine, talking to him. And I remember I, pronu- I pronounced my name Ali. Ali. That's what I, that's always been. It's also pronounced Ali. It's also pronounced Ali. If you, you know, yeah. you know, the deal, I mean, sure do. I've, I've, I've landed on Ali and he was like, no, man, it's important, dude. It's important. You know, you're Ali, you know, you are. And I was like, is it okay? All right. He's telling me that it's important that I stay true to my name the way he is to his name, Hassan. Mm-hmm. And so this guy has told me about how much the truth matters to him right in my in my face, you know. Mm. And uh, and then these, these stories are sort of made up. And, you know, I came to terms with this idea that he did make up stuff he shouldn't have. And, and my view is because there were a lot of people saying, uh, does his color of skin come into play? I believe that I, if I saw John Oliver on stage making up stuff like i'm sorry but this is how it is like for whatever it's worth i now put uh and 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 i'm a comedian i mean think of people who have no understanding of what goes on behind the scenes in comedy we're 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 now trained by you we are trained as an audience you are you are johnny facts you always have the facts so we are ready for the facts Mm. and the same thing would apply to john oliver the same thing would apply to john stewart and the same thing would apply to roy wood jr god dang it (laughs) Roy, i mean roy what do you what do you make of that argument the idea that like there are comedians and they do comedy and i do not hold jim gaffigan to the same standard but when you step in front of a microphone or when hassan steps in a microphone or john oliver or anybody who's kind of a descendant of 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 the the daily show and the way that it taught us to sort of i guess like engage with politics you guys are kind of acting a little bit as anchors in a way I think I think the I think the the first thing we have to create a distinction between or at least where I see the distinction is between Hassan the comedian and Hassan the late night host. Mm. Now, okay. because you did wrong in 
performance, then the question becomes, can I trust you behind the chair? And I, I think see. that's why people were upset. Because, and, I, and this is something I already said on the record was that, you know, I feel like if you are lying to get a punchline, mm-hmm. I don't think people feel as feel betrayed or even give a damn. That's right. Versus if you are lying to pull an emotion mm-hmm. or to make a point. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where people, you know, it's almost like it's like it's like when you flip it, like basically what what this reporter did, you know, hit piece or not. It was the truth. He did lie. So then basically what we did was flip over his jokes and look at the nutrition facts. And it's like when you find out something that says it's juice and then wait, it's only 4% juice. <laughs> but the label says all natural. Yeah, yes. all natural fake juice. <laughs> <laughs> and you you have to figure out what to do with that because yeah. you have trusted this thing to be one thing when the truth is that it wasn't all the way that. And then yeah. when you look at clarifying why, I think I think Hassan's 20-minute video is important because it helps to clarify in a greater scheme of things his character. At least that's what I believe the attempt is because mm-hmm. you still have to have a career after this. Yes. You He's still got to go and do stuff after, after this. Exactly. And yeah. you go to his social, he's still selling out shows, so the yeah. streets rock with him. But, you know, you know, like what Marlo said in The Wire, my name is my name. Yeah. So, you know, I know it's an issue of integrity, but... You know, comedians, doctor stuff all of the time. Yeah. You know, that that part, I don't think we'll ever get around. But there are very few comedians that doctor things for the sake of emotion, you know. Well, this is actually, this is maybe a useful moment to contextualize this for the audience. Because it's one thing to, I think, talk about, you know, the stuff that he made up for emotion. But I want people to actually hear this incredibly scary moment from that special. Let's play it. I go, give me my fan mail, Carlos. He grabs a stack of letters. He hands them to me. I rip it open. I flip it over. And all this white powder falls into the stroller. And it falls on my daughter's shoulder. Her neck, her cheeks. And she's staring at me. And I run upstairs and I tell Bina. And this time I can't lie. We rush down to NYU, but this time we go through the emergency room. And the moment they see the baby, they just rip the clothes off her and they take her away. And me and Bina, we're sitting in the waiting room for hours and we're not talking. Finally, around midnight, nurse comes in and she's holding my daughter. But she's with an investigator. And the investigator reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a plastic baggie filled with white powder. He goes, Mr. Minhaj, you're very lucky. This isn't real anthrax. But I've been in this department long enough to know this shit just doesn't come out of nowhere. You can hear the emotion. You can hear the the gasps from the audience. It's not, as you said, it's not being played for laughs. This is playing for emotions. Ali, this whole story is complicated because we don't normally fact check comedians. I associate comedians with being able to invent whatever they want. It's the one profession where lying in my face is totally welcome. But what makes Hassan Minhaj in this moment and just in general different, do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is it. Like, who who believes more in the idea of don't let a don't let the truth stand in the way of a good story uh, than than comedians, right? right? That's 
that's that's that's this industry. I can I can put a, a dozen things without even thinking on the table about like I made this up or I conflated two stories. This happened then, but it would be funnier if it happened when this other thing. Mm-hmm. That's part yeah. of the that's part of the. And I think Roy Roy just nailed it down. It's about that emotion. He wasn't going for laughs there. He wasn't going for laughs in that moment, and he was trying to bring emotion in and and. You know, you feel you feel like you got a little bit um, the the rug pulled over your eyes when you find out that's not true. Because it's one thing to give you my laughter, but to give you like my heart, my emotion, mm. you know, my heart goes out to you. I, I feel it's different, and I feel like um, certainly I, I I I see where people feel wronged by that i'm I'm, I'm i'm on the side of the people and i'm never on the side of the people first of all <laughs> ali what a sentence to tell the people that you're never on the side of the people uh this is i just want to remind people that this story is about the dot his, his daughter going to the hospital um that's what he tells us in the special and that never really happened um and the, the in in reality the powder never fell on his shoulder roy there i want to come a, to there you there was an envelope with powder there was the an envelope was with not was, well, it didn't fall. The daughter was close to something. Whatever right. it was, it didn't fall on physically on her. Well, I actually, in fact, let's hear um, Hudson in his own words, sort of contextualizing the story with the anthrax. Let me make something clear. A letter with white powder was sent to my apartment in February of 2019. I opened it in the kitchen. Powder fell on the table and my daughter was just a few feet away. Bina and I, we got into a huge argument and she kept asking Hudson, what if this powder fell on our daughter? So I created the hospital scene to put the audience in that same shock and fear that me and Bina felt playing out that night. Again, I am sorry if I crossed a line here, but I told the story this way to put the audience on the roller coaster ride that we were both experiencing at that time. Roy, what do you think? I buy it. You buy it? I buy that from Hassan. Mm-hmm. I understand why people are mad. To me, the question just becomes, is this some permanently cancelable offense? Does it discredit yeah. him forever? Does it, could he, because he lied about that thing in his live show, is he now incapable forever of sitting down at a desk and breaking down geo-global politics? Mm. I don't think that he, I don't think the two things are, but I the people who watch those shows want someone that they completely trust when the truth probably is mm, comedians are bending things a little bit. Mm -hmm. Even if there is a great deal of truth, you know, underneath all of that. Um, I just don't know if that's enough for people who feel like they were lied to and manipulated. And also we deal in an outrage culture (laughs) where people want to be a little bit more on the extreme of stuff anyway. But if the daily show job wasn't at stake, would this be a story? That's a that's a really big question. Uh, Ali, what about you? Do you buy Hassan's version of the truth? Was he in the clear to embellish in the service of landing the point about race or hate or Islamophobia? I, I don't I don't think he should have, but I I buy the the reasoning. I buy the rationale. I can see where his head was. Hmm. Yeah, um, especially because he told some of his, his real stories, you know, and and he was like, "What really happened to me? I got weird phone calls at night." Uh, a letter, a letter was sent to Netflix, like one threatening letter. Saudi bots were uh, trolling me. Like those sound like those sound pretty minimal. Uh, I, I'm and it, you know, 
I mean, I don't, not to me, to be honest with like you. The, like the like the Saudi yeah. bots actually, it, it did seem pretty intense. Like there, there's an exchange in that video, the rebuttal video, where he says, you know, my family felt under threat. You know, there was a point where my wife had to sort of, you know, contact the security company to say, hey, can we get like the stroller geotagged? They, it seemed like they felt under legitimate threat in that in that sense. But sorry, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I just think that he was looking for the best story possible. I mean, those things as as. As bad as they are, they weren't funny. They weren't powerful, hmm. right? One letter sent to Netflix, some weird font. Weird is like a word that's it's it's very vague. And uh, the bots, he showed a clip. I think that took away from the Saudi bots. He showed a, a, a clip of that, an image of it, and it just looked like a like Pac Man and Miss Pac Man sort of vibes on there. <laughs> I think I think above all, I think the lesson that Hassan learned, or that I hope he learns from all of this, is that when yeah. you're when you're peddling in the truth. It creates a different relationship with the consumer mm. and you have to handle that extremely delicately and you have to handle that with a level of respect that Jim Gaffigan doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. We know he didn't eat eight pizzas today. <laughs> we know he didn't eat hot pockets and put an Oreo in the hot pocket. We know he, he said the other day he's never had a hot pocket. The New Yorker exposes Jim Gaffigan <laughs> for never eating hot pockets. Like, like I would be, like I was trying to think of another comedian to compare some of this to for yeah. a parallel. I would be crushed if I found out that. Ali Sadiq never went to prison. Mm. It would change a little bit. But when you think about the essence of what Ali Sadiq represents comedically, which to me, by the way, one of the best storytellers, one of the best comedians working today, two of the best hour specials on YouTube right now, Ali Sadiq. Mm. Um, When he talks about that time from being incarcerated to now, it's a beautiful arc of a journey of redemption that a lot of people are walking and you should view people that get out of prison the way you view Ali Sadiq and not the people that you're trying to get the hell away from and you don't want to hire. They should all be viewed the way you view Ali Sadiq. So in that regard, the stories that he has told come from a place, come from a place and represent a community that really does deal with a lot of the stuff and the rage that he talks. Now, granted, everything Ali Sadiq spits has been true, but I'm just saying just for a comparison, I understand the disappointment where people you know, there are a lot of there are more people disappointed in Hassan than mad at him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think that's part of that's part of it is just that at the end of the day, if you're presenting something that's true, then, you know, try and keep it as close to that as possible. But, yeah, I don't think he's burned for life on any of this. He'll well, be fine. It's, uh, no, I, yeah, there's no there's no canceling this man, you know, for people who are worried he would be or. Uh, want him canceled. Uh, there's good news and there's bad news for each. You know, he, w- w- a guy with sort of two million followers or whatever the numbers are, maybe he loses 20% of those followers and then gradually gains him back. But but as you say, Roy, it's it's this particular job that is not in his, um, that is not deemed to be in his wheelhouse anymore. But as far as Hassan touring and appearing in shows and, yeah. um, you know, the morning show, whatever it is, yeah. different, you know, cameos or even lead roles in shows, I think that's still all open to him. So I don't, I don't think we have to worry too much about how, him. But if he had a passion for this, that I think that's over. How hilarious, how hilarious would it be if The Daily Show just rehired him as a correspondent? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, CBC, we'd back. like you to take down. <laughs> a... Work your way back up again, bro. Yeah. Oh my Fold God! The motion back to corporal. I... <laughs> it is chaotic up in here. Roy was junior. Ali Hassan, thank you both for your time. I appreciate your time, your insight. Thank you so much again. Yeah, indeed. Appreciate pleasure, it. man. Thank you. That's my conversation with Roy Wood Jr., who just left his gig as a correspondent for The Daily Show. He's right now on tour across the country. He's going everywhere from Halifax to Vancouver. He popped into the Commotion studio after recording an interview with Tom Power, actually. You can hear that conversation on Tuesday on Q. And Ali Hassan is the host of CBC's CBC Radio's Laugh Out Loud, which you can get wherever you get your podcasts. Ali's memoir is Is There Bacon in Heaven? And that is out everywhere right now. Hometown Heroes, that's Poets by the Tragically Hip. This song is a part of a brand new box set commemorating the 25th anniversary of the band's Phantom Power album. Listen, that's your sixth record. It features some of the biggest songs. We're talking Bob Cajun. Huge song. Huge record. This box set includes five unreleased songs from the original Phantom Power recording sessions. And it got some live music in there, too. That box set is out today. And that is it for the podcast. Before I go, I want to tell you about some of the amazing folks who helped get the show on the air. Commotion is produced by Stuart Berman, Ty Callender, Gene Kim, Jane Vancouverden, Jess Lowe, Nikki Manfredi. Our digital producers, Amelia Ekbal and Shuli Crossman-Gray. Gene Kim and Jane Vancouverden also directed this week. Our engineers have been Emily Caravaggio and Sam Hashmi. The senior producer, John Perry. and McKeegan is executive producer. My name is Elamin. See you next week. That was an episode from Commotion. You can listen to new episodes every weekday on the CBC Listen app and everywhere that you get your podcasts. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.